It's so nice to be here. Oh, bye. It's all right, Lucy. I'll, I'll get you later on. <laughs> it is really, really good to be here this morning. Thank you for allowing me to come as part of the Week of Prayer for Christian Unity. Um, and first of all, just to bring our love, really, from the Baptist Church for Andy and for Steve and Colleen. Um, when we heard the news on Tuesday, we did pray for you in our leaders' meeting, Andy, so it's really great that you're able to be here, and we continue to pray for, for both families. Um, Unity Sunday, uh, as I call it, has not been always an occasion of pure joy for me, I've got to be honest. Um, 35 years ago, is the, um, that's the date that really sticks in my mind, because... There I was, a new deacon at Orpington Baptist Church in Kent, and I was 24 years old, and I was feeling the weight of my responsibility. And that was the Sunday at which both our ministers had gone to other churches to preach, and someone else had come to preach at our church, who I didn't know, and um, he started to preach, and uh, I got just more and more troubled, really, because uh, what he seemed to be saying was that all faiths lead to God. And uh, it wasn't really just Christians, it wasn't just through Christ, it was all faith, all roads lead to God. So um, I was quite fresh out of university, and I was, you know, passionate, and I was... The truth was in my veins, and uh, I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was kind of looking around for any senior deacons who might be around to kind of deal with the situation. I thought, we cannot have this being preached in our church. So in the end, I stuck up my hand in the, <laughs> in the middle of this sermon. And the poor guy didn't know what to do, really. I, I just remember him saying, um, oh, is it your custom to have people put up their hands and ask questions in the middle of the sermon? <laughs> And so uh, um, I, he, he, he did stop for me, and um, I just asked him whether he believed Jesus' words, that he and the Father were one, and uh, all of that. Um, and, and anyway, it, he went on, and we finished. And I was in so much trouble with the older members of the congregation at the end. So um, in that spirit, if at any point during this little talk... Uh, <laughs> Uh, please feel free. <laughs> um, as you can tell, it's 35 years later and I still need counselling for that. So, but anyway, um, I'm going to read to you from John 17 because that's what Andy said I should do. And um, I am a submissive person. So that, let me read to you from John 17, verse 20 to 23. It's kind of halfway into Jesus' prayer, what we call Jesus' high priestly prayer or whatever you call it. But verse 20, my prayer, says Jesus, is not for them alone, not for his disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me even, have loved them even as you have loved me. Why does unity really matter? There are two very simple and straightforward answers in this passage, and I'm just going to say them really a number of times this morning. (laughs) The first is because Jesus prayed for it, and the second is so that the world might know. It's, it, I could sit down at this point, really. Um, because Jesus prayed for it, and so that the world might know about him. But this prayer is by far the longest prayer that we've got of Jesus, from Jesus. It, we don't have any, anything else like this in the Gospels. And it seems that the disciples had the privilege of hearing it. If you think yourself into this situation, here's Jesus. It... From the kind of bit before and the bit after, it seems as if the the disciples could have been just sitting there, quite close by, in order to hear this. Or it could have been that Jesus was on his own and uh, and told them about it afterwards. But I reckon they were there, and I think they must have felt they were on holy ground. We pray for the things that really matter to us, don't we? That's what we, we... yeah, we, we, you know, you've been praying for Steve and Andy this morning because you love them. And we pray for the things that really matter. And I don't think Jesus was any exception here. So first he prays for the disciples. But the exciting bit is the bit that Andy got me to read this morning, where he prays for us. He prays for those who will believe in him through the disciples' message. For us. Isn't that amazing? Jesus praying all that time ago for you and me. My son, Neil, is the the one of our three children who is not currently following Jesus. And there's an elderly gentleman in my church who prays for him. And we met up on Thursday, and he always asks after Neil and how he's doing and what's going on. And I appreciate that so much. Because Michael doesn't really know Neil, But his prayer and his concern really touched me. And so here's Jesus praying for us, concerned for us, for you, for me, and for how things are going in Glendale and in Thatcham and in 2023, what it's like to be the church. Jesus praying for us. Amazing. He's praying for us that we may all be one just as he is one with the Father. What a prayer this is. Some would say this is the most glaringly unanswered prayer in the whole of history because there are, well, according to some um, estimates, there are 45,000 Protestant denominations in the world. So um, one Catholic (laughs) and 45,000 Protestant But the prayer remains, and orthodox, let's not forget orthodox. The prayer remains, this mysterious and eternal unity between God the Father and God the Son is something that Jesus wants us to live out. It's mind-blowing, isn't it, really? So I ask myself, how did Jesus express his oneness with the Father? 
How, how did he do that? First of all, he stated it, didn't he? And it got him to trouble. So that verse that I um, tried to quote just now, John 10 and verse 30. I and the Father are one. So how do you feel about being identified with God's people here in Thatcham on that basis? Occasionally, I find people will try and play one church off against another. In their, I've, I've had people do that with me. You know, People sometimes turn up at our church and they say, oh, that church over there was really unwelcoming, but you're lovely. And I try not to play that game. Um, because we are one. We are one. That was the first thing. He stated it. The second thing is, he spoke with the Father regularly. This very prayer is the clearest example we have of Jesus bearing his heart with the Father. And we're to do the same with one another, aren't we? Philippians 2 in the message says, be deep-spirited friends. Now, I don't think that is just for individual fellowships i'm so glad of the fellowship i have with people in other churches including this one and then thirdly he spoke and acted with the father's authority john chapter 14 verse 10 just a page back where jesus says these amazing words the words i say to you i do not speak on my own authority rather it is the father living in me who is doing his work. And it strikes me that when we act as churches together, not necessarily with a big C and a big T, although sometimes big C, big T, but when we just cooperate with one another, it comes with greater authority. Do you know what? The, the one I notice most on this one is, is our head teacher's breakfast, where once a term... All the church leaders in our town have breakfast with all the primary head teachers. And they really appreciate it. They call it therapy for them. Um, and I think the fact that we are all there, that we're all doing that together, is showing our love from the churches to the schools. And it comes with real authority. So first, the good news, really. Uh, and there's lots of good news. In our little neck of the woods here in West Berkshire... There is some good fellowship going on between the churches. You all know that. And I just want to give you a few examples in case some of you aren't aware of them. So here's the first one. It's very clever the way that my head doesn't get in the way of that screen. <laughs> um, it would do in our church. So, um, yes. so uh, prayer for Thatcham. Here's, this is where we gather all together on a Sunday evening occasionally. Now I know you do other things on a Sunday evening, but this is a thing that we've done. It was started by Christine and Ian Smith, who some of you will know in our church, uh, a number of years ago. They just felt they, this is something they should promote. And we've been doing it every so often, or every so seldom, um, ever since, really. But we're doing it again next Sunday. And the exciting thing for me is we're going to the Catholic Church, which, in a, a, you know, when I was a child, that was something I would never have done. But... Um, we're going to the Catholic Church for the first time in I can't think how long, and we're going to pray together there. Food Bank, some of you have been involved with, and uh, that's something that we do together. Schools work, well, Rachel and I, <laughs> a 
just work together every week at Kennet. And she's already mentioned coins, which is great, but um, just talking with Rachel about that, you know, and I've just felt we need to really pray about our youth work in the whole town, really, I think, because um, I just think there's something else coming, but I don't know what that is. Um, so we do a year six day as well. Did you know this, that the, the church is put on this, this day for year six in July, where or end of June, July, where we invite the whole of the year group who are going up to secondary schools and uh, last time it was at St Mary's, but we've done it at Dowie Abbey. And we just invite them all and we give them a good day and we try and share the love of God with them. So we do that all as churches together. Other things that we've done recently, um, a bereavement course. I know Andy's just... Are you still doing yours, Andy? No, you are still... Oh, that's great. And there's going to be another one, which um, Karen Frost from the Methodist Church and Leah Lowe, who used to be here, and... Um, Janice from the Methodist Church as well, they're all putting on a bereavement course starting at the end of February. So that's something that we do together. The Jubilee event I thought of last um, summer on Kennet Field that we did. And um, and kind of warm hubs. Uh, in our church, warm hubs haven't worked. Has it worked here? No. no not. No one has come. <laughs> Literally no one has come to our warm hub. Um, could be because the church was a bit cold the first week, I think. But um, <laughs> never mind that. <laughs> never, yeah. First tip: if you do do a warm hub, make sure you turn the heating on. It's always good. Always good that is. So, so I, you know, I think the picture as we have it here in Thatcham and West Berkshire is tremendously encouraging, actually, in a number of ways, and that's one of the reasons I love being here. But. Just to let you know as well that there are other sort of informal relationships that go on, and some of you are part of those. Um, so, for example, I rang up Irene just the other day and said, I've met a lady who I think could do with your help. Would you mind? And she graciously has said, yes, she is going to help that lady. Um, I go to St Nick's in Newbury once a month when I can, and so does Andy, for a prayer meeting they have there early on a Thursday morning because I just feel like I need to be part of not just Thatcham, which can feel a bit small sometimes, to be honest, can't it? But actually Newbury, there is a town there called Newbury, and um, you know we are part of them as well. So it's important, I think, for us to sort of have a slightly bigger picture, for me anyway. So um, just a couple of slides on a couple of those things. Um, if I can have those next two. That's all right. So the, this is the one that's coming up next Sunday. Um, if you can, if you're not going to watch Common that night, it would be just wonderful if you could join us as we pray for our town. Um, I don't know how it's going to go, actually. I don't know. Kevin's going to lead us, uh, the priest at the Catholic Church, but I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, we have talked about it, but he was here. Like, he sat over here for the last one we had here, and he was here for that one. So I feel it would be lovely if some of us could go there. Um, and then the other one I just wanted to flag up to you was, yeah, that bereavement course starting soon. It's happening at our place. So... Um, I'm hoping that Jesus' prayer is being a little bit answered here. And it just 
strikes me that when we think about Christian unity, sometimes we do start at the wrong end. Um, What I mean by that is that true unity isn't really so much about the structure of our organisations, is it? It's because you could amalgamate two churches structurally and still not have true unity. It, It is really about us individually thinking outside the box of our own congregation about loving people who are not part of our church and it's about recognising the whole body of Christ within the area and, and that's the challenge for us I think as, as well, respecting one another making space for one another cooperating where we can and it can be an effort that um, It can be an effort. But what does Paul say in Ephesians 4? He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So that was the first one, really, is is about Jesus and his prayer. And it seems to be so much on Jesus' heart. And so it must be also on our heart. And the second one is just so obvious as well really so that the world might believe I in them Jesus says and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity it does seem a long way off doesn't it it does seem a long way off and so often we give up on it because unity can seem like a pipe dream but but what we do all want it seems to me is the next bit we do all want the world to know that you sent me as Jesus says We all want to see the world saved, don't we? We all want that. Um, I thought of that little chorus we used to sing. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land. We do want that, don't we? But we don't always connect that with being one with one another. We don't always make the link with unity with that. And there's a saying that says a world that is falling apart needs a a church that is coming together. And I think that is certainly true of this time and this place because the culture wars are really raging now in our country, aren't they? It's it's a difficult time in many ways to stand up and be a Christian. Um, Some of the debates that we have to be involved in now are difficult. And just speaking for the Baptist Union of Great Britain for a minute, we are going through some tough stuff in relation to the whole debate around sexuality and gender. And there is a danger that the Baptist Union could split. I really hope and pray that we do not, but there, that could happen. So it's a difficult time um, in many ways. And I think maintaining unity in the body of Christ has always involved difficult discussions, right back to Acts 15, really, if you know that, council. And I thought about the, the way in which the historic creeds of the church were made. Do you know that the, the, the creeds that you would say if you go to a Church of England church or a Catholic church, so I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, those things. Those things didn't just sort of pop up they were hammered out in conferences, in councils, in discussions, in arguments. And it, it, often, took, um, it often took real pain for those creeds to be hammered out. 
and I, I went on a conference last week and I had a nice comfortable bedroom and there was a TV in the room, you know, and I thought, this is nice. Those conferences they went on in the fourth century, you know, those were not comfortable places. <laughs> um, those were difficult physically and spiritually, those places. And out of that came the creeds. More recently, in 1974, evangelical churches from 150 countries met at a place called Lausanne in Switzerland. You may know about this. And they united around something called the Lausanne Covenant, which was a set of 15 statements that has since guided thousands of churches and mission agencies around the world in forming their own statements of faith. So John Stott, who was... um, central to that process really says it in the introduction to the covenant he says despite the diversity of our racial and cultural backgrounds we were conscious of a deep and wonderful unity for we were all members of the church of jesus christ christians who take both christ and church seriously we can we acknowledge that we cannot call jesus lord and not be responsible members of this new community So my question, just to leave with you as I finish, is are you taking the church in Thatcham seriously? Are you acting as a responsible member, not just of this fellowship, but of the wider body of Christ? Because when we all do that, then the world might just sit up and take some more notice. So let's just pray as we we finish that. Lord, I want to thank you so much for our fellowship in Jesus. You alone can rescue, Lord. You alone can save. You alone can deliver us from the grave. And Lord, we have such a wonderful hope in you. We have such a a unique and a startling message that we long to bring to the world, to this town, to our communities, to our roads and closes and drives and wherever we live lord we long for that and we know that you've called us to do that together and so we pray lord that you would help us especially i pray lord for this fellowship that you would help them and i thank you lord for bringing glendale to thatcham to light up the church here and i pray lord that as they work out what it means to be a church in two different places that you'd give them wisdom and courage and all the resources they need. Bless them, Lord, and bless us all in this town, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.